Yes, my friends, and welcome back to the John Mahon Show, powered as always by Forever Loud. Super Super Bowl special. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sponsored by Gatorade. Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some of the ads, actually, from the Super Bowl. They were weird this year, the Super Bowl ads. Do you see the Kanye one? Yeah. <laughs> Just him on his phone. Yeah. like that is. I mean, don't like the guy, but, but that is genius. Yeah. If you weren't unaware, I think it's about $7 million you need to pay to have your advert. For what, 30 um, seconds? 30-second advert on the Super Bowl. And Kanye did one for his website. <laughs> and it's just him on his phone. It's like, got me website. <laughs> Didn't sound like that. Because Kanye is also from Birmingham. Got on, got on website. <laughs> Get on my website. Check out me shoes. Yeah. <laughs> You uh, had a little Super Bowl party, didn't you? Did indeed, yeah. Me and uh, a couple of the Birmingham lot got an Airbnb. The lads. Yeah, and went to, went to a place. Lots to, of testosterone yeah. and nachos. Nachos, yeah, man. I did table nachos. Like, you know, when you see those on the internet where they like roll out the foil. It was, it was one of those. <laughs> it's like a, a Mexican red carpet. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> Is that offensive? I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. But yeah, obviously the Super Bowl was uh, won this year by Taylor Swift. It was, yeah. It um, was uh, Taylor's trophy. Yeah. Do you know what? I was, I don't follow them, but on TikTok, I kept on seeing um, the official NFL tweet TikTok page, but it was like mostly just clips of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they're just clickbaiting the, sh- the shit out of it. They are aware of the fact that the biggest artist on the planet is interested in their product. I guess it sort of bring. Not that they need it. Not that not that the Super Bowl needs the press. No, not in the slightest. <laughs> but I imagine the Swift, the Swift effect, <laughs> as like the ratings must be way higher than they usually were. Oh, a hundred percent. Just because of her. And as well, it's really helped out the podcast that Travis and his brother Jason do called New Heights. Because yeah. what's really awesome actually is because of Travis dating Taylor Swift, loads of Swifties have started watching that. And they actually started doing a segment where it's like, if you've got any questions about American football, you're confused by any of the shit that we actually have to do. Like, feel free to ask like no stupid question, yeah. like kind of territory. And they've actually been using their podcast to explain the rules to Swifties, which I think is really wholesome. I've got a question. Go on. Why... Don't they play very much? It's like a three-hour game. Yeah. How much do they actually like? How much? How many? How much time is it actually in play? So in three hours. Each quarter is fifteen minutes long. So the game in total is and like so they're on they're on the pitch taking snaps for an hour, but taking snaps. Yeah. What so pitches snaps. <laughs> taking selfies. So snaps yeah. are the thing where you chuck the ball between your legs. That's a snap. Okay. Yeah. So. You snap the ball, then as soon as you get tackled, there's a clock that counts down, 30 seconds, and you've got 30 seconds to then snap the ball again for the next play, unless you call a timeout. Then yeah. you get a 30-second timeout. So I guess, from what I've heard, it's a lot of tactical stuff going on. In yeah, there. yeah, it's like human chess. Like, yeah. you have... Human chess, but with brutes. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> but the thing is, like, these quarterbacks have to have, like, the most insane memory because they're expected to remember, like, thousands and thousands of different combinations of Combination. And... <laughs> that was a Drake reference. God, what was Jesus. it? Yeah. I wasn't just doing a voice. <laughs> I thought you were just turning into a jungle MC on me out of nowhere. <laughs> Have you not seen that Drake thing? <laughs> He's doing like a live stream or something, or like some freestyle. And there's one bit where he puts on a Jamaican accent and says, combination. 
There was loads of memes about it. Okay. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I'm not just being <laughs> offensive. <laughs> people. I just thought you were just trying to get your new career as an MC. I'm just doing my accents today. Yeah. Oh, from <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell, mate. From Scotland. Uh, I'm just doing accents today. <laughs> That's all he's giving throughout today's show. He's just going to be dropping accents. I could be from anywhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I from next? <laughs> I won't do that because it's probably offensive. I'd like to hear you do like different regions in America, you know, like your New York versus your like. Hey, I'm walking. <laughs> I knew you were going to go for that. What about like a deep, deep oh, coffee? Like a Texas. Uh, I don't, I try, let's not get into this. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm not a good at, I'm not good at accents. No. But I do. It doesn't stop me trying. No. And God sometimes, yeah, sometimes all you need is the confidence yeah. to succeed. Hell Yeah. And sometimes all you need is a very strong chat, which we're joined by today already. Shout out to the people who are joining us. Narissa says, hey, John and Ryan. Hey. <laughs> Who's Ryan? Well, we haven't even mentioned. Well, it's probably it's on the title of the episode. Yeah. But we do have a special guest coming up. We do indeed. Called Ryan. Yeah. But it's not me. No, this is this is Ollie. So Ryan will be joining us very, very shortly in about eight minutes to be precise. Yeah, unless he's late or early. Unless he's late or early. But yeah, no, Ryan is not sat next to me at the moment. This is Ollie. That's a really hard pass. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me what's in the NFL. (laughs) I'm all juiced up. Um, We've got Bridget. He said those nachos did look fire. Thank you so much. Put a lot of time, effort and attention and care into those. I take nachos very, very seriously. Was it all covered in cheese as well? Yeah. That... Like, cheese ain't cheap. No, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> Especially for nachos of that ah, size. It's been like bloody few hundred quid on cheese. It, it, the, the, <laughs> Maybe not that much. The but. grand total of the nachos was about 55. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's what I bring to the party. Just loads of nachos. Hassi says, for me, Mahomes should not have been named Super Bowl MVP, to be honest. Chris Jones, for example, had a much bigger game, in my opinion. What's your opinion? Welcome to the Super Bowl breakdown. Yes. Genuinely, if the Niners would have won it, who else could you have given the MVP to other than Juwan Jennings? Because he threw a touchdown as a wide receiver. He also went in on a receiving touchdown. And on Fetish, he did something else that was like a massive play in the game. So it's like, if the Niners would have won it, I think the Super Bowl MVP should have been Juwan Jennings because he had a hell of a game. I was bummed out that Kittle didn't get that much usage. He only went for like four yards off a couple of receptions, which was heartbreaking because I thought he was having a big game. Like but he's looking at me <laughs> <laughs> like I watched it. Or like I watched it and like I know who any of these people are. <laughs> I know who Travis Kelsey is, though. You do indeed, because he's dating. He's a he's a great offensive guy. Defensive, offensive, offensive. Yeah, it was it was heads or tails. Line got line person. Tight end. <laughs> tight end. Tight end. He's got a tight end. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> who comes up with these names? Yeah, tight end, wide receiver, offensive lineman. Yeah, I don't quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, they sort of. Well, everyone knows. Isn't yeah, it? that's that's the guy who's in charge of throwing the ball. But is that like their only job in the whole game? Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but they do also have to remember. I like, guess that's gets, that gets that gets the points, doesn't it? Yeah, 
a lot of the time. Yeah, and that's why you tend to see in the Super Bowl the MVP being the quarterback because more often than not, the whole game is revolved around them. That's why Hassey's like, eh, don't know if it should have been Mahomes. Could have been Chris Jones. And to be fair, it could have been Chris Jones. Like the pressure he put on Brock Purdy on uh, on that last drive when Ayuk was like wide open and Chris Jones came in and almost sacked him. Like if, if Ayuk goes in there, it's a completely different game. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you, did you like Mahomes because it's like Mahon? Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's the closest I'm ever going to get to seeing like a really famous Mahon. Well, there is one. There is a John Mahon. There is. Yeah, he plays for Elton John. He was in Elton John's. Band. Yeah. We tried to get him on the show. We did. Yeah. He didn't reply to the email. Yeah. It would just, I mean, other than like you having the same name, <coughs> I don't know what else we chat about. Yeah. Although he's on tour with Elton John. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of conversation to be had there alone. Yeah. And Narissa says, what did you think of Usher's performance? It it was interesting. Like I was skeptical about him being a halftime artist going into it. And that skepticism was kind of proved in the start of the set. Cause like the first three or four tunes just felt a little bit weak. But then as soon as he brought out the features, it popped off. Like Alicia Keys was great. But then for me, the moment was little John coming out and then just randomly doing turn down for what? And then that going into, yeah, that was a chef's kiss and Luda coming out to finish it like off as well. The past few years have been big sort of throwbacks. Yeah. Like was it wasn't last year, year before? Year before. When it was Snoop, yep. Dr. Dre, and, and, um, and Missy, Missy Elliott. Elliott. Yeah. Like that was unreal nostalgia. Was Usher, I think maybe... Usher, obviously he's massive over here, but I feel like bigger in America. Oh, 100%. Without a doubt. I also was trying to remember who it was last year just then. Was it Maroon 5? Or was that a couple was of years it? ago? Rihanna did one. Oh, no, Rihanna was, was it last Rihanna? year. It was Rihanna last year. You're right. Yeah. Rihanna was sick last year. Yeah. She was preggers. Oh, yeah, she to, was. But, and she got, she got like raised above. On that everything. ridiculous platform. Like went literally to the, like, the top. Oh, I'd forgotten the about that. That was a great halftime show, actually. Yeah, in yeah. terms of halftime performances, I don't know. Usher just felt a little bit flat. I know it wasn't Super Bowl, but Creed's probably still the best. Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> bit higher. Uh, yeah, and did they did they play that advert? That, the the uh, Paramount, Paramount one. one. Nah, I think that was just a pre-Super Bowl pre ad. Yeah, because yeah. again, Super Bowl advertising is very, very expensive. Yeah. Well, you think Paramount, Mount? They probably spent yeah, a that's bunch true. getting Creed. <laughs> yeah. Creed don't get out of bed for less than a couple of mil. Yeah. <laughs> 50 quid. Well, my friends, we are very, very... In fact, right now, that was perfect yeah. timing. So, please welcome our MVP of today's show. Show a lot of love and appreciation from Ryan Potter for the honour! Hello. Yes, bro. Thank you. What a, what an opening. Thank you so much. I'm flattered. Oh, it's what you deserve, sir. How are we? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Uh, how are you guys? Yeah, good. Just having Super Bowl chat. Not yeah. That, not that I know anything about Super Bowl, but... Did you watch it? No. I was going to say, no, I, I did not. I mean, I, you know, I love the hype around it. I have seen bits and pieces here and there over the years, but I've never committed to watching a full a full Super Bowl. But uh, too many ads quite for me. Yeah. It's just uh, a, bit, a bit of football, then an ad. Yeah, a lot of that. I just, I, I, I get fed up with it, to be honest. Yeah, like, I think it's my ADHD that lets me get on board with it because I'm like, I'm very stop-start myself. So I'm like, okay, there's a bit of attention. I can get distracted by something else. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> get distracted by something else. But yeah, yeah. anyway, away from American football and on to you. How's life been? 
yeah life is uh life is good it's been uh yeah we're just you know putting things into place we i've actually just got back from australia i went to australia for christmas oh, nice. oh let's go I, I, I traded the cold for some sun this year so yeah we had tour just before that in the uk which was amazing and then after that yeah went away and came back and we've just been in the studio writing for the next record and sorting out tours and festivals and yeah all sorts let's go well we'll get on to new music and your schedule for this summer in a second but what was christmas like in australia have you done it before i've never done it before it's my first christmas out of england um so yeah it was it was different it it didn't really feel like christmas it was Mm. cool like i love the sun and the beach it was nice to to get a bit more of that but yeah, it was weird. Christmas trees when it's yeah. like 40 degrees or something. And it was kind of like had Christmas dinner, which was nice. And then everyone was just kind of outside in the sun, chilling, drinking, you know. So Did yeah. you barbecue the turkey? <laughs> <laughs> I I stayed well clear. You know, my first Australian Christmas, I wasn't going to get involved in the food. I mean... I assumed that it would be shrimps on the barbies, like we say over here, but they They're made like, it clear that up. that was just an English, <laughs> yeah. an English thing that we made up. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious! Damn. Well, Australian Christmases—that's one to take off. Yeah, of I did one about ten years ago, but yeah, it was like we had it was sort of a normal Christmas. Then we went to the beach, and I was like, "This is a bit different. This ain't this, yeah. ain't, the, this ain't the north of England anymore." <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! Well. You just touched on it then. Summer's looking very healthy for you boys so far. Big announcement as well. Download Festival 2024 Saturday on the main stage, I do believe. Yeah. And is, yeah. is this your first time at Download? It is our first time at Download, yeah. Damn. Jeez. Yeah. How have you managed to avoid Download for so long? I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's been spoke about for the last few years. And we've kind of been like, yeah, okay, cool. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to play it. And then it just hasn't happened. Um, so we kind of, you know, as you do, just kind of got on with things. And uh, and then, they, yeah, this year they, they picked it up and, and they were interested more than they were before, I guess. So, yeah, we're on and straight onto main stage as well, which is Sick. which is a big deal. So, yeah, maybe it was coming off the, the tours last year. But, yeah, we're very excited to be doing our first one. And there's lots of cool bands and stuff that we're already kind of talking to that have been added at the same time as us especially busted are playing matt willis messaged us the other day seeing if we're there on friday let's go uh, yeah i mean i was a i was a big busted uh boy when i was a young lad so uh so yeah that would be cool um so yeah we're just stoked to go and do our thing and show people what we got a download yeah because I, I think your stage on the saturday i believe is it's got frank carter and shikari offspring fallout boy Baby metal. Yeah. baby metal there that's a, such a fun stage yeah 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 wargasm are playing wargasm before us and us and then frank yeah. carter and then it must be the rest of them metal. but yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be a cool day yeah that's huge bro and you're no strangers to main stages it's something that you've been doing for quite a while now i remember seeing you guys a couple of years ago uh reading and leeds festival and you're on the main stage then and i mean like what what's the preparation like going into like a middle of the day main stage performance like how does that differ from your average gig i think there's always a lot more i guess pressure because there's a lot more people there that potentially maybe haven't seen you before or maybe are coming with you know their own thoughts already about the bands when they haven't seen us yet i mean we've always kind of we've always kind of felt a bit like the underdogs in many situations and we kind of like that so yeah we're 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 a strong group of of 
you know the team not just not just us guys in the band um and we've been through a lot together so we know that you know if we're together and we're focused and we just you know do do our thing and, and play give a hundred as we always do that we're pretty confident that we can win people over and give people a, a great time for however long it is and you know pretty much every time we've done it we've gained a lot more fans and and people you know a lot of people have said how pleasantly surprised they are by our sound our set because um, I think it is a lot different live coming to see us live is is a different thing to the records especially the earlier records yeah we're a lot heavier and we just we just we just go crazy like I, I can't help it you know it was our dream when when I was a little kid so it was my dream to be on that stage and to be in a band and to do what we do so every moment that we get to experience that you know why would you not you know get lost in it so a hundred percent. Good to see you getting those stages because you played um, Slam Dunk last year. Was that your first time at Slam Dunk mm-hmm. as well? It was our first time at Slam Dunk as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, a weird. We I would have thought you would have played that before. Yeah, same with Download. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a weird thing. I mean, again, you know, I guess we're the underdogs. I mean, we always <laughs> thought as well that yeah, we would have played Slam Dunk before now and stuff. Um, but I think I think maybe because of some of the earlier records. Again, I think for some promoters and festivals like that i think some of them hear some stuff of ours and they and they're like okay it, it works it, it fits and then they hear other stuff from the earlier records and and maybe look at our, our fan base as well and kind of think they're not sure where we fit um but i mean for us i mean i think we've always kind of the hunters kind of is, we've, we've got fans from all ages like old right through down to you know we just had a message from a dad that wants to bring his six-year-old little son to come see us and and stuff you know so there's something for everyone there i think maybe it's just taking people time to kind of catch up and i think the last record that we did last year the fourth one kind of cemented our place a little bit more in in that in terms of that oh dude 100 percent. i was planning on talking about this a little bit later on but that's a perfect segue into it you decided to self-title your last Mm. record and usually when bands do that they do it because that record's almost a statement piece or something that they're gonna turn around later down the line go do you know what that's a piece of work that we're gonna say is one of our proudest pieces of work how come you decided to self-title this one I mean, it was it was pretty much exactly that. You know, we'd we'd done two records with our first management and and record label, um, which went extremely well. But there was a lot of things behind the scenes and that 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 weren't right, and we had to we had to cut that quickly, and we did, which then kind of left us in a place where we had to kind of pick up some pieces and take a bit of time off. And then we did the third album and that was, we released it pretty much when COVID hit. So that was just a weird time in general to be releasing music. And then, and we had a management company there as well. And, and that didn't quite work out either. So again, we, we've had to make some big decisions in the last few years, but all of them we felt and still feel that they were the right ones and they've put us in this position now. And then when we came to the fourth album, along with the music, I mean, every song on the album, we're extremely proud of and we think it is our strongest work yet. And we were trying, you know, we were going through album names as you do (laughs) and uh, it was taking a little bit and then we couldn't really sit on anything that felt right to describe where we were at and and what we wanted to do you know we kind of wanted to put a flag in the sand and be like we've come through that we did that we're proud of that and proud that we got through it and this is the start of a new chapter so the album four was kind of lending itself as a new album one for us i guess yeah we had that 
in. We had that same energy on it and it's given us new energy now. So it's almost like we kind of wanted to start from fresh and let go of, you know, any tensions or negative feelings that no longer served us really. Um, and it just felt right for this record to be that one, to be the self-titled. So, Did you find on, on your last tour, you saw loads of like new faces coming out or new people that have just got into the band from that? Yeah, band? yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's been tons of new fans, which is always cool because they don't really know the older stuff which is quite refreshing Damn. for us because the uh you know the first two records especially 100 which we understand and we love also because it's you know it's our baby that's obviously a big record of ours and very fond with all of the fans and we've got a very dedicated fan base so we've still got so many fans from the very first record of the very first song until now and you know we see them all the time at shows and we've seen them grow up with us you know which is really cool um so it's amazing to always have those those people that can keep coming back and they're you know they're friends but it's really nice to have that refreshing to go out and play the new stuff especially on the last tour we did actually we saw more and more like we were playing the new songs and word for word everyone's singing along super loud you know they're singing it like it's bonfire or one of the older songs which was a huge thing for us and and obviously makes us feel great and fills us with more confidence that you know we made the right decisions where we're on the right track for you know people are getting it as much as we we get it and we love it and believe it so so yeah it's been super nice and what i love as well about this record man is i well i don't know if this is intentional you managed to swear on every song on this on this record because every tune has got the explicit <laughs> tag next to it on spotify <laughs> did i i mean you know I, haven't even realized it. I try i try and i try and and cut that down as much as possible you know there were actually more but gil the producer amazing. was like do you need to say that here and i was like I kind of feel like it do Fucking, I fucking, like I fucking do need to say it, yeah. man. <laughs> I feel like I fucking did. Um, but yeah, yeah, th there was more. But I don't know what it is. Like, a lot of people say that when I'm on stage performing or like, you know, doing my, my music stuff, I'm a lot different to just chatting in, in the flesh. Like, as soon as I get on stage, I do become a bit of a fuck mouth. <laughs> good as you should i feel like <laughs> band's got a little bit radio editing like for a yeah. for a brief period of time and it's like hey you don't you don't have to censor yourself when you're live if you want to say fuck you can say fuck i love that exactly it's it's the power of the mic as well yeah because you know when you're up there and you've you've got them in your hand you just you know you just get overwhelmed with with just like this is so fucking awesome yeah i'm so in it and you just think you know you just want to savor it and you know you're looking out and i love as well which maybe sometimes might get a bit sidetracked but i find it funny and so do the fans but we have like lots of moments during our sets especially on the um more intimate shows where you can really you know converse with with the people in the audience and, and just like stop you know in between songs have like little segues of, of just you know pointing someone out and just chatting with them or having like <laughs> a got fun. crowd work going on back and forth yeah it's like a little it's like a little comedy show really, you know <laughs> It's got a bit of everything. Like Type uh, five with the hunter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's fun. It's fun. You know, I, I get lost in it and, and I love it. So That's amazing. Well, yeah, please don't change because I do love going onto an album, just seeing that little E next to every <laughs> single song on it. It's a beautiful sight. <laughs> I'll try and 
make sure for the next one that there's one on there for you thank you i appreciate that brian <laughs> speaking of the tour and the last record you decided to end your set on that run with trash i do believe second song off mm. that record interesting to have your last song of the set be one of your most new ones like usually the average band will end the set on you know one of their older tunes how come you decided to go for a new song especially a new song that was so early on in the record as well i think firstly we just absolutely love that song like we love the energy and the attitude of it and we love what it's about as well it's kind of you know about our time in the music industry and things we've come through and things we've learned um and it's it's just a really fun song to to play and to sing it's a bit of a party song as well but yeah it, it is it, yeah it, it goes off so i guess you know kind of wanting to leave them with a huge bang as well um and obviously we've you know the bonfires and the she's casual and and those songs you know we've been playing them for a long time now um and we still love playing them because the reaction from the fans is you know something that you you always want it's a special moment for those songs but i guess it was again kind of that flag in the sand kind of thing of of like you know here's the here's towards the end of the set we have bonfire she's casual so we mm. we give them those ones and then to end it's like almost a celebration for us i guess as well to just be like there's that stuff this is this is the new the new era new, new chapter and and yeah, it's fun. It gets it gets people going. I mean, people want more after that as well, but we're like, we haven't got any more. <laughs> That's your lot. Well, it's it's something that I did want to talk to you about today. And obviously I don't want to get you, you know, talking about anything you're not comfortable about talking about, but I feel like it's a very pivotal part of your band's story and especially what you've been through. And in terms of as well, any new up and coming bands, there's a lot to be learned from the experiences that you've had in the music industry. I mean, you touch on it like in Trash, as you said, you know, there's a couple of lyrics in there. I'll bet you'll never hear this song on the radio and all they want is your fucking money, money, money. And I feel like those two bars, like especially like almost kind of like, set up the narrative of what you've experienced in your time as a music especially considering how young you guys were when you first started like your journey like if you wouldn't mm. mind just like as much as you're comfortable with talking about what basically is the the hunter's journey through that earlier stage that you alluded to earlier i mean there's a lot so i'll try and <laughs> compact it but yeah you know we had a dream worked on it for many years before the hunter was released or anyone knew about it you know, had lots of knockbacks as you do, kept getting up, finally got a deal, released, put the first songs out, put the album one out, which went great. It was on an independent as well, went straight in at like 13 um, in the charts. Um, and then from there, it was just, you know, we were on the road constantly, tour after tour, everywhere, you know, all the tours were selling out. Um, so there was just this, you know, hunter train, freight train in through. And I think it caught us off guard. I think it caught the management and record label and everyone else kind of off guard. We kind of came out of nowhere and it was just like, bang. And, you know, we were loving it. Um, and everything was great. But besides from then, cracks started to appear on the management and record label side in the sense of, you know, we were we were on tour and, and doing what we were doing and we were so busy but you know we weren't getting we weren't getting any money for it so you know we were 
we were just rolling with it trying to trying to make ends meet like there were times where you know we'd be we'd be on a sold out tour or whatever and we can't even afford to to buy like real meals or anything plus not just us but the crew they weren't getting paid properly either the producers weren't getting paid properly either there was uh you know there were like we were on one tour and we were coming back on the tour bus through europe we're in the middle of france somewhere and the drivers hadn't been paid so they just stopped the bus and was just like if you don't pay us right now like we're gonna leave you and all your shit on this motorway in france somewhere and this is at the end of the tour as well so we're all fucking wrecks yeah so you know there was just there was just loads of things like that where it was just like how can this be happening like one it's just shouldn't be happening anyway because it's just respect you know it's just normal and then on top of that things were going so well so it was like it doesn't add up you know we're making money where is it going and obviously we were asking you know we were talking and we we had accountants and stuff like that but it was all kind of twisted and people were kind of working within this manager record label dude Uh, and it just kind of kept going on like that and it kept getting a bit worse and worse and then it was to the point where he he was just keeping us so busy because he knew that we were selling out everything and then he would put the tours on without us even knowing we're going on the tour again. And then he would take the advances from the venues and the shows. So he'd take all the money, the record label advances that we got to do records. He just took all the money. It, it was, it was just bizarre. So all the like merch, just everything. He was just basically pocketing everything. Um, and then just giving out drabs here and there to keep us happy a little bit and keep us busy. And obviously as well for us, there were so many times where we were like, this is fucked. Like we we need to do something. What can we do? So we're talking to our lawyers, but at the same time we're on the road. And like the only, the only the position we were in was you can either, if you want to do something about it, you basically have to pull everything now. You have to, you know, pull the tours, everything that we had going on. And we didn't want to do that to the fans either. Yeah. Cause they, you know, they've come out, they've spent their money to see us and we want to, it's our dream that's what we want to do we want to be doing it so you're kind of caught in a place where you know things are not right but it's it's your passion you know and you'll do anything to to live and breathe your passion and and to experience that so it kind of ticked along for a bit and then and then yeah we were about to do uh ali pali and then we finally got some months i think we had like a month off and we just pulled the plug basically um and then that guy he ended up going to america basically doing the same thing taking money from record labels and not paying them back and stuff so then (laughs) now we get contacted by people in america like private investigators like yo really got any information on this guy this is happening this is happening etc it's like it's it's got really fucking crazy um so yeah it's kind of still ongoing and you know for years for about three yeah it's still ongoing dude for about three or four years we were you know, we had to wait to get our masters back from from the first two records, and as well because he had gone to radio. You know, he'd gone to BBC Radio One and stuff, and he'd gone to other record labels and taken advances and not and not not stood up to what what he was saying and what he was going to do. So then, the last few years, especially radio wise, we've kind of gone to radio with our records and with our music and. The conversation is basically just really great, sounds awesome, but where's so-and-so? They always bring it back to where is he, what's he doing? Like, they're just obsessed 
with him fucking them over and so they basically haven't we haven't been played on the radio basically because they're you know bitter about that situation um fucking hell, which man. which is annoying because i get it you know i mean we we were probably the most uh exploited and 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 fucked up and then because of all of the damage he'd done and all the money that he stole you know we've done so many tours and like we've we sold out three bricks and academies etc which you know financially adds up so it's fifteen thousand people in london that is it's like it's not a small amount of people yeah so you know we it wasn't like we got out and we had all this money in the bank that we earned that we could then go on and just put into everything else you know we he, he, he took everything apart from our fans and our music which is the most important thing and that's why we're so grateful and we're so you know we love what we do so much because throughout all of that we told the fans basically what was going on and you know those fans are still with us today and we've got such a dedicated group of like fans that are really friends really like we love to hang out with them at shows and and see how they're doing and and you know we've grown together and um yeah we certainly wouldn't be in the place we are if we didn't have that dedication from fans so holy shit well first and first shout out the fan base because yeah that's that's invaluable especially like given everything you've been through having that reassurance backing you from people who've fallen in love with what you do saying like hey we don't give a shit about that we just care about you well it's like yeah you got you did all these things because of your music and your fans and then he basically just exploited that it wasn't to do anything to with him so you put in the work whereas he just yeah like you say exploited and yeah yeah um you said uh like what's your sort of new situation now is, is it a bit bare or has you found are you an independent now or on a, on a major or a label um so we were so on the fourth record we were we were in a deal it was more of like a distro deal so we've kind of been doing things we've we're on uh management raw power management who Let's are go. fantastic Love those guys. Yeah, um, shout out Craig. And that's where, shout out Harry. Yeah. Harry was on top of you, wasn't he? Recently. He was, yeah, man. <laughs> Harry's the boy. Love Harry. You know, love all of them. Again, it's like now being with Raw Power, it feels like we finally found where we are at home. And we found people that, you know, have the same values as us and get it and just respect you know and they, and again they really believe in us as a band and and what we do so that's everything you know so that's great we feel super supported and confident in that um and then label wise we're kind of in between at the moment there's conversations that we've been having behind the scenes with a few labels and stuff but again it's you know we're going on to our fifth album and it's it's one of those ones where we've learned so much and we have our standards and how we want to do things and we've been through the whole label thing where it's like we we want to do it this way but because of this trend over here or this person's done this you have to go and do this because if you don't do this you're not going to be relevant and blah 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 people not dancing to your songs on tiktok (laughs) yeah exactly so it's and you know we're just we we know who we are and we know who our fans are and we know what what we as a collective as the hunter world's hunter family want to do and want to feel and you know unless we can find a label that has the same thoughts and same values as that and our management where we can be ourselves you know and 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 be in control then we nece- we don't necessarily need 
a, a label to do that, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the same time, it, if one comes up, if if something happens and it it works and it's you know a good fit, then we'll go for it. But but yeah, we're pretty you know we're pretty confident in what we're doing. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. It's open. So two part question off the back of that. Firstly, do you now own your mixes and masters? like for your whole catalogue they're, they're all in your possession right yeah we yeah. own everything yeah. good so he's he's not got a hand on any of those anymore no which good. was yeah a huge thing good so <laughs> you're not gonna have to do like the hunters version like taylor did for her catalogue <laughs> luckily no <laughs> oh well that's good my second part of that question was given the fact that you guys came onto the scene at a very young age do you think that played a part in what you went through did you feel like like it was almost like you had a target on your back because of your age and it was like hey this is a bunch of kids first time in the industry probably don't know what's going on like let's get them to sign a whole bunch of stuff and then just keep them so busy that they don't know what's going on i mean yeah definitely i mean i think you know i think you know we were young and that was definitely part of it but also i kind of feel like that can happen even if you are a bit older like because mm. i feel like if you're really in it just because it's your dream or it's your passion and you just you have to do it like it's your calling you know it's there's nothing else and it's not really like you're not doing it specifically to make loads of money or to be really famous or whatever i think there's a lot of room for people to exploit your your passion yeah, you know, your innocence your, your your love of yeah exactly your love of 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 just doing it of the of the art so and i think when you want something so bad there's a lot of things that you'll kind of not you know sacrifice almost yeah yeah absolutely yeah you will kind of sacrifice you know like you know being in the situation where it's like okay you should probably get out but if you're going to get out you're going to have to quit everything basically and your fans are going to you know and we said what's more important what's more important to us is playing the shows and the fans so we chose that and it went on for a little bit longer than maybe it could have done but you know our fans are still with us and we have such a great relationship with them and that's probably because of that if we had done it the other way maybe we wouldn't be going on to album five you know so it's all ifs and buts i guess but I think it all, regardless of how it worked out and what happened, it's also made us grow a lot and learn a lot, and we've come out stronger on the other end. So, hell yeah, you know, setbacks, setbacks end up, you know, building you up if if you can if you can do it in the right way, I guess. Um, but it's not easy. No, no, hundred <laughs> percent, and like so much respect to you for doing it. And we will move on to a far more happier topic of conversation in just a second. But as someone who's been through this, what would your advice be to anyone who's whether they're in an up and coming band or they feel like they're in a bad deal or they're maybe getting exploited? What would your bit of advice to someone who's been through the ringer on this to a heavy extent be? I mean, to anyone that's kind of doing their thing and, and coming up but haven't been in, involved in kind of bad deals or anything like that, I would just say to, I would probably say to try and, it might sound weird, but to try and not follow the trends and not follow all of what labels and stuff say, which sounds obvious because, you know, it's your thing, but you also, especially when you're first getting started, you need, most of the time, you need an infrastructure and you need other people to to come in and work with you that have the connections and the know-how to do certain things that you don't because you want to stay focused on just making music and doing what you love um but yeah just i think take more time 
patience, I think, actually. Because there's a lot of times where labels and or people will be like, you know, they'll put an idea on you or, or out there and not necessarily that it's a bad idea, but is it the is it the right idea of how you want to present yourself or is it in line with your values? Yeah, the values that you want to put out and and bring back to you to your project, and and does it does it feel right in your you know in your gut almost like does it does it feel right? Because I think there's lots of times where you're kind of the music industry is so fast paced and so fickle, and there's people in record labels and those places of power that again know that you're here to do what you're passion is or what you want to do and they know that they have a hand in in helping that or getting you somewhere um so they know that to a certain extent they do hold a bit of power Mm. and they and they're not they're not new to this they've been in the game longer than you have right so they know how to word things in certain ways and almost puppet master you i guess so i think if, if if anything if i was to go back i would just take a bit more time to digest all the pieces of information that were coming in mm. just really take more time and not feel pressured not yeah. not be like i need some time on this give me a minute i'll come back to you and then you know a day or two goes by and then they're like we need to we need to make a decision we need to do this and do that and then you kind of feel forced like oh if i don't do it we're gonna miss out on this or you know it's like I think it's almost like peer pressure, you know, So, and, and that's one of the hardest things, not just in the music industry, just anywhere in life, just feeling like you're doing something because you're scared of looking a certain way or missing out on something. But I think it's so important to just really stay true to yourself and try and not get so caught up in all the noise around you, for sure. That's fantastic, bro. That is, that's genuinely invaluable advice to anyone. And as you mentioned, it doesn't necessarily have to be a young band either. Anyone who's going through it and they have this element of like, Hey, I'm, I'm in a brand new industry here and I'm surrounded by people who've maybe been doing this five, 10 years who know what they're talking about. And you forget that it is, it's the business. So they're doing a job. Their job is to make money. They're not thinking of it as for like your personal side. You're doing it because it's a passion, whereas they're doing it because that's what they're paid to do to do so it's like maybe what's in their interest isn't in your interest exactly and at the end of the day for them because it's you know a job role for them it's not necessarily like you said their passion or their career it's like if they if they suggest something or if they don't do something to a certain standard they're not going to lose their they're not going to lose their job they're going to go home and just wake up the next day and go back into their job role and work on so-and-so and and this and this whereas it's you that's it really affects you know because it's because it's everything to you dude a hundred percent a hundred percent man like it it's insane what you've been through and the fact that like you can talk about it like this calmly and this intelligently without wanting to like smash everything within a vicinity just goes to show like how zen you are about these kinds of pressures. I try to be. <laughs> I, guess, I guess again, maybe that's, you know, something I've learned along the way because obviously, yeah, when you're, when you're in it, it's, it's fucking hectic. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to keep your head. And there was, there was a lot of times where, you know, I probably didn't keep my head, but not in like a bad like there was one time for instance when we it was one of the days we sold out Brixton Academy I think it was maybe the third night so it was this you know amazing achievement you know and uh we we went out to do like a fucking pop-up merch thing and everything was good 
and the whole tour had been great. The crew and us were just in such a good place. And then our manager, that dude, came down with his assistant manager and was just saying shit to the crew, like like that they weren't working hard enough or they weren't doing this right or this right. And everything was fun. Like we were in harmony, us and the crew. Like, mm. And we always have been, even, even to now. Um, so then the crew as well, because they were so pissed off because this guy had basically made them work so much more than most people because we we were doing the tours and we were doing the pop-ups at the same time. Yeah. They were doing so much. They were run, run into the ground and, again, not properly being paid. So, you know, um, so, then, so then the crew called us up and we're like, this is before sold out Brixton Academy, and they were like, we're leaving. We're, we're we're not doing the show like you know because they were so hurt and pissed off and i was we were like whoa, whoa, whoa like what the fuck's going on so they told us what happened so we fucking went back to brixton academy went into the backstage room where the crew was and the guy the main manager had already fucked off by this Classic. point so his assistant manager was there and we just came in and yeah you know, I lost it. I was yeah. just, I was just like, "What the fuck do you think you're doing?" You know, and she, and you know, they're kind of trying to justify themselves, but again, they're just, they were just as much of a puppet as anyone else was because they were just doing the dirty work of of him. So they were, there was no real confident stance on it. It wasn't like it was just, it was just nothing. It was like they were just saying things and just mimicking him and they didn't really believe in it and you could kind of tell they kind of felt bad for the crew and it was just like i was just like how fucking dare you do this on yep. like this occasion to these people who have fucking given everything ignore and these you, random uh, thumbs up that are popping up on my face we were trying to figure out how to turn them off earlier i don't know if you can see them you're in there's random there's random emojis good. popping up everywhere but yeah carry on bro it's a good emoji <laughs> and, um, but yeah and then it got to the point where i was just basically fucking bellowing i was just like get the fuck out just fucking leave like and they left in the end which was great and we had an amazing show and you know the crew and us had a big group hug and it was you know one of the best one of the best times ever so yeah good it's, it's, it's man it's man Damn. you gotta have your blood out sometimes a hundred percent especially when especially when you've worked so fucking hard for something like it's one thing like someone turning around and like criticizing something that like if when it's someone you whose opinion you respect it's like yeah cool like if i can have a conversation with you and i respect your opinion i'll acknowledge your criticism and i'll listen to it whereas if it's just someone coming in wanting to fucking swing their dick around being like look at all the power that i've got i can tell i can talk to you like shit because you work for me and you work for me it's like yeah. fuck that no one has to stand for that no exactly yeah exactly and 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 that's not and that was the first and well not the first but it was the last time that's happened and us and the crew are harmonious always have been it's like a family because it is a family when you're doing yeah. what we do all the time you know especially oh, third night at brixton as well that's like yeah so emotions were high that's the yeah. thing as well you know the, it's, it's an emotional thing because it is it's your it's, it's like your acting work. like we haven't just done two nights already <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's all running smoothly don't worry yeah come on 
Well, let's move on to something slightly more happier and slightly more positive. And that is your collaborations, man. Like you have, you've got some very good names that you've teamed up with. Let's, let's start with one of the greatest of all time, Travis Barker. What was it like working with Trav? That was very cool. Very surreal. Um, yeah, you know, he's a, again, he's, he's a very Zen dude, very chilled out dude. Um, you know, obviously amazing at what he does. So focused. And again, you know, so passionate about, about his art, um, which is great because, you know, we, we are too. And we were with Feldy, uh, doing that album, which was great. We love Feldy so much and it just really clicked with him. Um, and obviously he has some, some pretty damn crazy friends. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was literally like we were in the studio and, he called Travis and was like, Hey, what are you up to? And Travis was like, I just got out of the shower. <laughs> He's like, Okay, cool. Do you want to come down and like check out this song and yeah, see if you want to play on it? And he was just like, Yeah, cool. I'll be, be down in two minutes and <laughs> came in. And yeah, that was it pretty much. Just sat there, listened to the song, had a bit of a chat, went in. Travis Barker did Travis Barker. And I think he did it in, yeah, probably one take or two takes. And Motherfucker. <laughs> sat down, listened to it, had a bit more of a chat, and then peace out. That was it, yeah. Damn. So it was like but, a, a drive-by interaction with Travis Barker, basically. It's like... <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a fast food drum collab. <laughs> it was wonderful. The, yeah, no, he's... The uh, Travis Barker special. Yeah, he's... Dude. That's incredible, because, like... I was wondering how that song was structured, whether Travis wrote the beat and then you went over the top of it or whether the beat was already there and then Travis came in. Because one thing I felt about that tune was like, because you're almost rapping at parts throughout that song. Obviously, Travis has done a load of work with loads, loads of rappers over the years. And it almost felt like his percussion was supporting the sort of bar style flow that you were bringing out in that tune. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, we. I mean, we had the the track, and we like I'd done the vocals, um, and we kind we we had like a template drums, I guess, um, to track to, and then, and then yeah, when you know when Travis said that he was interested and that he would want to jump on it, you know, you're only going to say one thing, so, so yeah, we went from there, and <clears throat> he is you know obviously a, a genius at what he does and he complements um you know all aspects of songs i feel with his with his playing it's it's very almost melodic sometimes um so yeah he he definitely kind of matched that flow um which worked so well yeah it's a great tune Dude, a hundred percent and ollie wanted to know what it was like working with feldy as well I did. Yeah. <laughs> did you, were you in LA? Was it for the whole recording session? Yeah, yeah. We were in Calabasas. Um, he's got a studio at his his place. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we went to LA to do some writing, and he was the last person that we wrote with in our last two days, and um, just just clicked so well. Like you know, he's such a he's such a live wire of a person and he's so you know he's just got this really light fun energy but also at the same time a very focused and and driven personality you know he's a very driven person and he 
he just he just again you know he, he loves what he does and he savors every moment and he just wants to throw himself into it um which was great because because we're the same like we just we just want to do it as much as possible and create as much as possible and we've been in sessions before where it's kind of you're kind of you're, you're wanting to kind of move on and keep going but the other person's kind of a bit more chill and like kind of a bit slower so i think our energies just matched and we came away with three songs in two days and we we were just like this is amazing it feels great the songs are sick it's exactly where we want to take this record um so then we went back and did the record with him um and you know just yeah got to know him really well you know he's he's like family now as well we went to it was halloween at the same time so we went to all the scare houses with him and his family and and yeah just got to know all of them really well um so it was lovely we actually spoke to him on the phone the other day um, Sick. yeah he's 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 a great person to be around a great person to work with yeah because i did want to know because you did say earlier that you're working on music at the moment whether you dropped a call to any previous friends to be like hey <laughs> you're free at the moment yeah we um we spoke to him the other day about a few things um you know we're hoping to get back over to to america to to do some more writing and recording and just just hang out with a few people that we haven't seen in a long time we've got a lot of, of friends over there um that we've been wanting to make music with for for a while now um so we're excited to do that um but in the meantime we've just been writing as much as we can um over here um you know just again it's really nice because we're we've been left to do us and just breathe a bit and not be sent around to the houses to try and make a song with someone in a day that you don't fucking know and you yeah. have no connection to and they don't really give a shit mm. about and someone's your there band. just going give it to me go on give it to me i need yeah. it now all they're all they're there for is you know if they can get a cut on a song then they get x amount of money yeah they're you know a third really, for a word that's the, that's that's the music industry sometimes you go to sessions and it's amazing you meet people like feldy that actually care about music and actually care about what you want to say and what you want to do and aren't just trying to follow a trend because if they follow the trend it will get them more money do you know what i mean so Again, we've been through that. We're happy to write with people, but we're also extremely confident in our own ability and we don't need to be doing that and wasting our time. Um, and yeah, we're like we're just, we always just kind of write without any boundaries. Like we'll just, whatever comes out, comes out. And, you know, we always have a large quantity of songs, but we've still got songs from when we were recording and writing for the first album <laughs> so uh so yeah we've we've got we've got so many songs in the bank um and it's constantly getting topped up and you know maybe we re we'll revisit some um which i think we might do on this record which is exciting and then there's lots of new fresh stuff which is coming through um and we're in a really good creative flow at the moment so yeah feeling good as you should be because the release you gave us last year with kelsey carter i don't like mm. you okay like as mm. you said like 
that that almost didn't feel like your stereotypical Hunter tune. Like I not just because of the features, well, more like the melodic composition. Like it did feel like I know just a little bit more raw because like I feel like a lot of your stuff like is so beautifully mixed and like cleanly polished it felt like on this one you were like nah let's let's add a little bit of just like rawness to it and then kelsey brings that with a voice as well friend of the show like we've had kelsey on uh, for our 2000 trees special and what i love about kelsey's voice is that grit and that rasp and what was what was that collaboration like for you yeah i absolutely love kelsey she's one of my good friends um she's amazing she deserves a lot more credit and a lot more hype i think in a world where there's a lot of people that sound pretty much the same she is someone that just stands out and she's just got star quality um yeah i absolutely love her voice i mean that that was kind of the start of it like we met her met her a few times we met her over in la um and kind of spoke a bit and then i think we just kind of kept chatting and and we said that we wanted to work together and um we we had we had that tune or the basis of that tune that we really loved and then yeah we were just like this voice um this song would absolutely rip with kelsey's voice on this um that bridge man that bridge is fucking fire yeah um yeah so you know that that was it again it was just very natural um it just it just worked and our voices together is so good um you know we've performed it loads of times on stage now i think Sick. we're talking about this year at download again i was gonna say she, yeah she's on the sunday she is, isn't she? yeah yeah she's on the sunday um so yeah you know she's she's amazing i'm sure we'll probably do more stuff together in the future i think we've definitely Sick. spoke about that um but yeah, that song rips is is a good one, and yeah. it is a bit raw as well because I think at the time it was kind of like that COVID era where you know it was just a bit of a lull, and it was. Just, so that's when you wrote it. It, it was written during COVID era. Well, I th I think we kind of we had like the basis of it mm. maybe just before COVID, but it wasn't wasn't finished or or anything like that. It was just a a few parts of a little demo i guess and then we just wanted to to put something out we just wanted to have something exciting for us to talk about and to give to the fans in a time where you know things things were pretty shit for everyone um and that one because of the covid situation i think it was just really difficult to go and really get into a studio and properly do it all um and it and like you said it already sounded sick like we liked how it sounded already that it wasn't so polished mm -hmm. and it did have a bit of a snarl to it and it was just just raw and ready to go um and then we put kelsey on with me and then it was just like fuck it it's good to go baby let's fucking <laughs> go man i can't wait to clip this interview and talking about Kelsey coming out of download and then put a nice little live video of Kelsey coming out and joining you on the main stage of download festival this summer. That'll be fucking amazing. Hell yeah. Future editing for yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just bookmarking that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, we will let you go very, very soon, bro, because this has actually been one of the longest interviews we've ever done on the show. This is yeah. this is almost an hour. We can't thank you enough for your time, man. It's very, very kind of you. But you alluded to it earlier that, that you're writing. What kind of timeline do you reckon we're looking at? Again, I know that you're very much enjoying this no pressure, no like set date stuff for the hunter. It's kind of just like, we'll do it when we do it. But like, are you aiming for anything new this year or are you may be saving it for 25? There's definitely going to be new stuff this year, yeah. Let's fucking go. We're yeah we're like for us we are just really excited to again we're creating a lot so we 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 just want to put it out there and just feel excited ourselves about this new chapter and and we feel we think that the fans are going to love these songs so much as much as we do um so you know structure wise not sure exactly when but i mean there were talks about um maybe before download we might try and get a song out um, and then kind of start a journey towards an album, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's lots of things to tie up and plans to sort. But yeah, I mean, as far as we're concerned, we're good to go music-wise. We're good to go tour-wise. We just want to get out there and do it. Um, it's just all the all the other stuff, all the people at the managements and labels that need to talk about, you know, dot in the eyes and... They got to have a meeting about the meeting they're going to have about the meeting to discuss this. Many meetings, exactly. <laughs> They'll circle back and then... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you. <laughs> well, bro, we cannot thank you enough for your time today. It's been ever so kind of you taking this long to chat to us. And thank you for opening up as well, because like hearing your stories and like the people in bands that will be able to listen to clips like that and take advice, motivation and inspiration from you. It's, it's ever so kind of you. And yeah, we can't thank you enough, man. It's a pleasure, man. Yeah, absolute pleasure. It's great to talk to you guys. And uh, yeah, I'll be back whenever, whenever you want. Bro, I'm here for Anytime you have anything to promote, this show is yours. It's an open door policy. Like I say, as soon as new music starts working its way around, I'll be back in your DMs. Sick. Nice one. Thank you. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Show a lot of love and appreciation for our boy and yours, Ryan Potter from The Hunter. <laughs> nice one. Cheers. Take care, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. Oh, what a there fucking legend. That was great. Dude. Yeah. That conversation could have easily gone on for another hour as well. Yeah. It was crazy all the like the stuff about because I didn't know all that. I knew I knew I knew some of it. Yeah. I didn't know like the ins and outs. Yeah, so like I the years and years ago, I can't remember why I was out in London, but I was out in London with Ryan for something. And like, you know, when you're like in the smoking area a pub yeah. and it's like you get onto the topic of conversation and then people keep like jumping in and interrupting and he was like trying to tell me the whole story but like i never got all of it but like he was just like the bits that i heard i was like what the fuck have you been through like this is insanity yeah the thing is it's not like i mean it's obviously bad but uh, there's loads so many stories similar to that of just people taking advantage of yeah. bands especially in when they're early on in their careers yeah it's it's not uncommon in the slightest yeah but what a fucking hero for persevering through it. Cause yeah, a lot of people would have just gone, do you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go do something less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Just go and work in a shop. Yeah. Just, just although I worked in that shop and it was fucking stressful. Oh, so. was it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, worked, <clears throat> I wouldn't, I worked in London at Azara for like really? three weeks and probably the most stressed I've ever been in my life. <laughs> 
So I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. <laughs> I mean, to put that in perspective, some of the stuff that I've seen you do in the music industry has been what you could call very, very stressful. Nothing's as stressful as <laughs> Zara on Bond Street. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, right. A couple of shout outs All right now. Shout out to Narissa for joining us, passing on a lot of compliments to Ryan, saying we love you. You can say whatever you want. And Katie says, super random, but Ryan with a mustache is giving Ezra Miller in... I can't pronounce that. Dallyland? Dallyland. I did mean to compliment him on his mustache. Strong Tash game. Like, there's not a lot of men that can pull off the Tash. Send him a message. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I forgot to say. (laughs) Great mustache. Nice Tash, bro. Well, my friends, that is it for hour one of today's show, even though we are already well inside hour two. But... Inside Hour 2, when we come back from this very quick break, we are going to quickly talk about a couple of gigs that I went to recently, Yumi at Six and Def Havana in Wolverhampton. A couple of gigs that I wasn't at. Yeah. but <laughs> You can talk about Bands that you love. And then we're going to talk about Sleep Token, selling out fucking everything. Uh, we might do a reaction and ACDC. I'm going to be touring this year as well. ACDC so are coming on. Imagine. Sure. Fucking imagine. They don't know how to use Zoom, do they? <laughs> Right, we will be back in like two or three minutes. Stay right there. See you in a second. Yes, my friends, and welcome back to the John Mahon Show, powered as usual by Forever Loud. Forever-loud.com. The source of? Source of alternative music and culture, news, reviews, uh, features, videos, interviews, and this. (laughs) (laughs) And this. This shit. You've got your own tab on there. Do I? Yeah. Let's fucking go. <laughs> oh, I'm honoured. Cheers, bro. It's all right. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to hour two. So we got a lot to talk about, man. There is so much kicking around in the world of music news. So first thing I want to get into is I went to two gigs last week. I invited Ollie to one of them, but he he was Listen, like, yeah. no, I don't want to go to a gig with you. I want to stay at home. Sometimes just staying at home is great. <laughs> <laughs> Get to my age, you'll understand. When your back starts hurting, well, I mean, it's been hurting for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am a bit good because I love the Menzingers. Yep. Which is, one, which is the gig you went to. Yeah, they've got so many bangers. Mm. So, I mean, it's all that, what I like about Menzingers is just so many sing, sing along. Yeah. I imagine the crowd was loud. S- loud. Very, very loud. What was it? Institute. Institute 2. Nice. Yeah, and first things first, I just need to go on record and say Institute 2 is one of the stupidest laid out venues on the fucking planet. Yeah, I filmed there <clears throat> with defects and... Those pillars. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's kind of got a weird ceiling. It's quite low ceiling. Yeah. yeah. And they've, right, so it, like, to describe this room, the way it's laid out, like, it's got these pillars like that. It's probably like three pillars that lean inwards like that. Meaning if you're stood at the back on one side, yeah. you've got the most obstructed view ever. And it's like, those pillars don't need to be there. Yeah. Like, for structural reasons, there is no reason for those pillars to be there. It's like the one in the underworld in the middle. Yeah. Of the, 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 the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the amount of concussions that pillar yeah. of the underworld has probably caused courtesy of pits but away from the structure of the venue to the actual band menzingers were unbelievable like i said this on instagram to crank through 20 songs in an hour and 20 minutes is fucking impressive and like their talking was to a minimum as well 
Like they, there was very, very little in between song chats. Bangers. Yeah. And like what I loved as well, there were certain moments where I was watching, because they've got two guitarists who flip between singing. The guitarist who's on the left-hand side of the stage, if you're looking at from the audience, there were times where the band would be finishing a song and he's already tuning his guitar for the next one so that literally, as soon as they stop singing, he can start playing the guitar for the next yeah. one. And I'm like, that kind of fucking energy is perfect. Yeah. Just, that's what you want. I mean, because they're just like a sort of no-nonsense Philadelphia. Yeah. One, two, three, four, let's yeah. go. And they've been churning out the, the hits. I feel like they're one of those bands for me that like every album doesn't break break the wheel. Is that the, is that the expression? Reinvent the wheel. Reinvent the wheel. Break, what's, break, what's, break the wheel. <laughs> what's, there's a break. I don't know. <laughs> but like their quality of output is always remains. Yeah. There. Yeah, so they were. This tour was in support of their record they dropped last year called "Some of It Was True," and there was a couple of songs from this record that were in the set list. But the one that I checked out before going to the show was the tune they opened up the set list with, yeah. which is "Hope Is a Dangerous Little Thing," and that chorus is punk rock perfection. Yeah, like if you if you like yeah big gang vocal sing-along, but then words that actually like hit and cut a little bit deep. But that's literally Menzinger's sort of MO. Yeah. That's what they built their career off. <laughs> that's why I love them because it's just like, yeah, straight up sort of punky, anthemic rock. Mm. But then, yeah, his lyrics are very... Yeah. Get you. They get you in the old feels. If you imagine like Pennywise... Pennywise well, they got the a song... Bit, bit of better singing. So the lyric... They, chorus which everyone loves to sing along to is uh i will fuck this up i fucking know it yeah i will fuck this up i fucking know it yeah uh, 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 uh. yeah (laughs) just great like everyone can relate yeah yeah like when i heard that one live because that was my first time hearing there's the first time hearing a load of those songs for me and like hearing them live as well for the first time after the party is a banger yeah you know what there's a song is after the the first song on that album I think I just turned 30 and the opening of that is the lyrics are where do we go now that our 20s are over sick and I was like this just relates <laughs> to me too much it's like you wrote it for me yeah. but yeah Menzing is phenomenal if you're ever in a festival field and they're on and you have a bit of spare time go and check them out because are they won't... doing any festivals UK ones I can't, don't think so. I don't think they? so either. I wanted to say the slam dunk, but I think it might have been this, like last year. Trees, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Trees is a good shout, actually. Maybe. It could be doing trees. We should probably know, but we don't. I can't remember every everything. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually quite good at around about May time, knowing the majority of bands on Reading, Download, Trees, and Slam Dunk. But it, it takes me a good chunk of the year yeah. to get it. I have to just stare at the posters <laughs> for a while. Well, speaking of staring at posters, we have been staring at sleep token posters for the last couple of weeks, having our minds blown by the fact that this band are doing numbers, like undisputable we, numbers. We knew, well, I, I knew, I'd, Guess that it was probably going to sell out quick, but I didn't think it would sell, like they sell out the O2 in what, like a couple of hours maybe? Right. So 
this is up for debate. I, I, when the tickets went on sale that morning, I was commenting on Sleep Tokens post where they went tickets on sale now on Friday morning. I dropped my comment 43 seconds after that post went up. Yeah. And I just commented something like, what are the odds this sells out before lunch? And I was using the replies to that comment to monitor how quickly dates were selling out. Yeah. Because I wasn't chasing tickets. I was just being a journalist. It was 10 a.m. on Friday. Yeah. They so, went on general sale. So within half an hour, I was getting comments saying, this place is already sold out. This place is already sold out. This place. But some of them, including London, London, I was getting comments from people being like, it's like 10 minutes later, this is already sold out. So I then tweeted, Sleep Token just sold out the O2 in London in 10 minutes, 20,000 tickets, 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I had a couple of people in the replies being like, oh, no, there's this and this and this. But then people replying to those people saying, well, no, those are either resale tickets or like premium, like standing tickets or whatever. Yeah. So it's like... Maybe like the, some of the queues people were in for specific tickets yeah. were all gone. Yeah. But yeah. But I would... I'm pretty sure like probably 90% of the tickets went... I'd wager that the London one, the O2, I would say the original tickets that went on sale were probably gone in about half hour. Yeah. <clears throat> and it seems like they knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Because that day, was it? They mm, Yeah. The yeah, it was late. That, no, yeah, it was later on that, that day. day. They added a second date. Yeah. To Leeds and London. Yeah. So put that in perspective. One sec, let's pull that poster back up again. Right. So that's 40,000 tickets in London alone. Yeah. 40,000 fucking tickets in the capital. Then you've got Birmingham Utility Arena, which I want to say is 12? Was it? Or maybe less. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's closer to 10. I reckon it's about Wembley size. One sec. Let's have, you reckon Wembley? Yeah, Wembley is 10, I think. Cap of... Well, you said last week it's pretty much the same run that bring me have just done isn't it yeah and they did two nights of the year two as well so but, oh shit I, I, I tell, tell you this bring me didn't sell it out in a day yeah <laughs> they sold it out but they sold it out but it did yeah definitely took a little bit longer so birmingham utility arena has a capacity that goes up to sixteen thousand if 16. you want if you want yeah. it so that's yeah so we've got sixteen thousand. has it sold out birmingham Birmingham's low ticket warning. Yeah. So that's 16,000. Manchester, that's got to be one of the biggest arenas in the UK. O2 is the biggest, I think. What, 20,000? Yeah. Uh, what's the capacity? 20,000 all seated, 23,000 with, withstanding in Manchester. Is that what? I mean, they changed the names. The co op line. Yeah. No one's going to. Oh, you're going to the co-op. <laughs> Which <Wow>. one? <laughs> the arena or the shop? <laughs> Just nipping down the co-op to see sleep token. Yeah. Like the fact the fact that why right, if it if that is withstanding, that's twenty-four thousand people in Manchester that they sold out in a day. Yeah. So that's twenty there, or twenty-four there, twenty in London, that's forty-four thousand. Then another sixteen in Birmingham, that's sixty thousand. So now we've got a calculator. Then Cardiff, right, we're on 60,000. <laughs> we we're just assuming they're going to sell them all out because they probably are. Right. Realistically. Cardiff Arena, 7-5 in a standing layout. So let's call that, yeah, 67,000 tickets in a fucking day. Are you kidding me? 
Are you mad? Dude, <laughs> I'm not mad. Uh, I'm, fu- I'm not mad. I'm just impressed. Like, that is unbelievable. And I don't know. I saw some of the ticket prices. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. So, and that's not including the Glasgow one as well, which is on a low ticket warning. So, I mean, like, Jesus Christ. Like, we're, we're talking... I think they are probably, right now, one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Like... like it's undisputable. I don't know many other bands that could do those numbers. No. That quickly. No. And like, it's like, it's international as well. Like yeah. ev- every place Sleep Token announce a show, there is a sold out sticker on that show within the week. Yeah. Like Red Rocks. Yeah. That sold out. That's about 10,000, I think. Yeah. Radio City in New York is 6-5 yeah. and they d- they're doing two of those, I want to say. So that's yeah. 13,000 in New York. These numbers are unbelievable. And let's let's not forget, right? I was reminiscing about this because we didn't talk about this on the show. I was talking about this with someone else. I think it was over the weekend. Do you reckon when Vessel gets <clears throat> like his royalties, it's just labeled to Vessel? <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> I guess you still have to do taxes and stuff. Yeah. So it still has, has to be. It's got, there's got to be a name yeah. on there. <laughs> just, yeah. Two vessel. <laughs> he probably doesn't need. He doesn't need uh, money. No, he's a, just he's an entity. Well, he's a vessel. Yeah, for a deity. Yeah, <laughs> just full of worship. But yeah, I was chatting to someone about this over the weekend, and like, let's not forget, right? Download Pilot, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one. Right, first band of the day. Death Blooms. Yeah. Second band of the day were on the main stage, whoever they were. I wasn't there. So. Can't remember that. I want to say like, I don't know. I want to say it was Hot Milk. Was it Hot Milk? I wasn't there, John. I don't know. <laughs> I want to say it was maybe Hot Milk, but then third third band. So it was like Tent went first, then main stage, then Tent. Third band yeah. was Sleep Token. On the Tent? On the Tent. Of the, of the whole day. And this is 2021. I think they played 2022 download and headlined the dog, uh, the dog tooth no, the avalanche was it the avalanche Avalanche, yeah but still are you sure convinced it, convinced it was, it was the avalanche said yeah okay well but even so that's their their rise is just yeah unheard of yeah we're talking a year and a half two years here for a band to go from... Well, it was mainly just last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I feel like from... I've obviously been a fan for a while and they've sort of stayed at a similar level for the past few years. Mm. And then up until last year, they just went... Yeah. So did you find them in 2019? Yeah, when Sundown... When they released the first single... Yeah. The Night Does Not Belong to God. Yeah. That was when I, that was like the first song I heard. Yeah. Yeah. 2019 was, was when I picked him up. Like I'd, I'd had people recommending him to me. I, I had, yeah. Like I'd heard the name so many times. Like people have been like, oh, do you need to check out Sleep Token? Yeah. But it was always from people that were like really in, like into 
metal. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I assumed Sleep Token would be like some death metal band or something. Do you know who actually recommended them to me? And it was technically our first ever guest on the show before Raul Reynolds. Do you remember our dry run where we interviewed Boots? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Booty boy. Yeah, so I was over at the, the infamous college and, yeah. <laughs> infamous college, yeah. Like, like it's world renowned. <laughs> it is at this point. <laughs> the amount of bands that have been through that pad. But, yeah, it was like probably the wee hours of the morning and someone banged on Sugar. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck is this band? And then, like, the conversation rolled on to Sleep Token. The pr Pretty much, like, in the next hour I spent talking about it. I was like, right, I need to listen to this band. So the next night, I, like, and I went outside and went for a walk. And, like, it was, like, dead of night. You know, when there's, like, no cars on the road. We're talking, like, midnight, 1 a.m. kind of territory. Went for a walk. And it's literally just the fucking moon, the stars, and me. And I got my headphones in. And I put on Sundowning, track number one, The Night Doesn't Belong to God. And, dude, I fucking cried my eyes out listening to that for the first time like especially in that setting like dead of night like no one else around like it's a little bit cold in the air as well like what a way to listen to a band for the first time that's all appears behind you yeah. <laughs> and then he disappears doesn't say a word yeah. god but yeah what a, what a fucking band yeah and it's not i they deserve it all yeah because i've been blowing the <laughs> been blowing the sleep token trumpet for a while yeah i think we both have and because i've always thought they should at least be like way bigger than they were yeah and now they are now they're bigger than i even thought they would be <laughs> and right now right now conversations need to start happening about this because download 2024 is already in the books we know who's who's going to be headlining this year seriously we need to start thinking about whether sleep token and get a headline download next year because those numbers are bring me numbers i reckon yes i mean someone's gonna want to book him for headline slot surely i think i genuinely think i think download i feel like the trajectory of where download is going now yeah is definitely looking at the next generation yeah of headliners yeah and you know what? I'd I'd go all in. I'd either give Sleep Token Sunday night and close out the festival, or give them Friday night and kick you off can the bet festival. Bet on it. What's the odds? <laughs> What's the under over? Yeah. <laughs> There's any like betting sites? You can, there must be like sites you can bet on like festival headliners, right? I'd indeed if there was, I'd be all over them. Like some of the Super Bowl bets that were flying around last night were hilarious. Like, like we had we had people betting on. Uh, the national anthem length under over a minute and a half is that an actual thing yeah an actual thing there was odds on whether travis kelsey was going to propose to taylor swift there was odds on usher's first and last song in his set what was the last song yeah he ended on yeah what's the first song i don't know it wasn't the one that i picked though i i thought he was going to open with dj falling in love i don't think he even played that it's probably one of the old ones isn't it Puppy cat. Uh, what did he play? You remind me. I don't know Usher that me of He might have done, but I like I. My knowledge of Usher is yeah. I just remember the music videos. <laughs> Joe, there's like the classic, not like nineties noughties music video of of like an R and B singer, like following a girl <laughs> while singing, like, <laughs> and they're just dancing behind them and like, <laughs> following them down the road. <laughs> 
it's kind of it's kind of stalkerish if you think about it. Yeah, she, she's just trying to get on with her on her way. Well, that's pretty much what he did to Alicia Keys during the halftime show. Yeah, like, she's got a boyfriend. And they just danced. Yeah, just coming up behind her, giving her a cuddle. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. Did you not? I only saw some highlights. Yeah, he was rollerblading at one point as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, to wrap up sleep token chat, I. I'm going to go on record right now and say... Usher's going to be supporting Sleep Token <laughs> at the O2. Do 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 you know That could be a Sleep Token song. do 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 And then you put just have like... it? <laughs> but, right. I'm going to go on record right now and say Sleep Token and Nickelback a two download festival 2025 headliners right now yeah yeah i mean it's good good guess as any i mean nickelback massive arena tour this year that's pretty much either sold out or very close to selling out across the board sleep token are going to end this year with possibly their most successful tour of all time well no without not possibly it's definitely going to be the most successful tour of all time yeah i reckon sleep token's a good 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 shout yeah not sure about nickelback I don't know, man. If I was fancy booking right now, I'd go Sleep Token Friday, Nickelback Saturday, and then go for an absolute classic download band on the Sunday that they haven't had in time, like a System of a Down or something like that. A system? I, I didn't like System when they last played. No, I didn't either. But I'm thinking of the comments section here. Who else? I've not done it in a while. Yeah. It's tricky, isn't it? Because like, some of the bands that used to do it have sort of stopped now. Yeah. Kiss aren't doing it anymore. Yeah. I don't think you get a kiss. Personally, I don't want to see Iron Maiden for a while because we've just had a lot of Iron Maidens the last couple of years. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No Maiden. <laughs> Who else? ACDC. ACDC. brings us on to the next. Yeah, it does. Look <laughs> at that for a fucking segue. Oh, this man is rolling. Well, Limp yeah. Limp Biscuit style. Yeah. So, news from today is... ACDC are going to be touring the UK in 2000. Tell, tell your dads. And 24. <laughs> tell your granddads. What do you mean tell your dads? Tell me. I'm going to be there because I've never seen ACDC live. Have you? No. Do you the only band ever to have their own stage at Download? I love that fact. Because they didn't realise they get getting booked for Download, did they? They just thought it was an, a standalone ACDC show. Surely they knew. No, that was the, that was the rumor. I, the rumor I heard was the reason why they bought their own stage was because they didn't realize they were getting booked for a festival. That's the rumor I heard. I I don't remember exactly, but we did have Andy Copping on doing an interview once. I'm pretty sure he he spoke about it. But I feel like from what I remember is the. They they agreed to play as long as they could have their own stage. Oh right, okay. So maybe maybe I just heard like a, a bastardized. Version. Surely, like if you're getting booked for downloads, then they yeah. know it's download. Or In fact, actually, of rock. we've actually got a couple of comments about download festival actually. So Chanel says Bon Jovi farewell tour, calling through download. Wow, that's an interesting shout. Job, I'd fucking love Bon Jovi. Bro, same man. <laughs> like, imagine that though. Like, download next year just goes, all right, we did two brand new headliners for you this year. How's about three next year? Every single night, brand new headliner. Because Jovi, you've never headlined download. Just imagine living on a prayer. Bro. 
firework, oh. just pyro and the bat fireworks, just ending the set. Oh, <laughs> where did Tommy used to work? Right. Speaking of ACDC, these are your ACDC dates for 2024. You got Germany, Italy, yeah, Spain. St- football stadiums, basically. Man, I'd love to go and see ACDC in Amsterdam. That would be unbelievable. Two Munichs over in Germany and then wherever Durston is. Two Austrias and then this is the big one. Just a couple of Wembley stadiums. A couple of Wembley stadiums. That is 160,000 tickets for those of you keeping tally at home. What? Wembley Stadium. Uh, for both of them? Or for one? One. Is it? No, sorry, both. Yeah, sorry. It's 80,000. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was 80,000 when there's like football on but obviously if they open the floor up isn't it more shit yeah you're right that could easily yeah. be a hundred yeah hundred th- let's call it a hundred a hundred thousand people per day at Wembley so that's two hundred thousand people fuck me it's like a, a small town yeah then they're going back to Germany because they obviously didn't do Germany enough and then finishing off their run August 17th playing in the old airport Port in Slovakia, in Bratislava. In the that's, old airport, eh? That's a great venue name. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Out of curiosity, who's going to be trying to get Limp Biscuit? Not Limp Biscuit. Where did I get Limp Biscuit from? ACDC ticket. I hope Limp Biscuit are supporting. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, Hassie says tickets are going to be so hard to get. Yeah, like, I, I'm going to be there. Friday That's morning. a long tour for a... It's spread out though. Bro, have oh, you seen... Yeah, like, it fair. starts in May and ends in August and it's like, what, 15 dates? But 20 then, dates? But then it's like... It's like... Your granddad's going on tour, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they'd need some days off. There's a day... There's not a single back-to-back show. Also, they'll probably be playing for like three hours. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a single back-to-back show. They are basically having anywhere from two to five days off in between all of these shows. Which is fair enough. Yeah. So I give, give some credit whilst it's due. These guys have been rocking all over the world for a very long time. Is Brian... What's his name? Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. Yeah. Is he still singing? Yep. Brian and Angus. But people in the comments were kicking off because there's a couple of members that aren't going on out on this run. But you can't blame them. Yeah. I'm a, they must be in like their 80s, 70s. I don't know. Let's have a look at how old Angus is. What, what's the under over on Angus's age? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what are the odds? How old, you, how old are you going to say Angus Young is? <sighs> Late 70s. Late 70s? So gonna, like, I don't know. Anything over 75. I was going to go early. So I was going to go like 72, 73. You're going to go 78, 79? I'll go 75. 75? Yeah. 68? Is he? Spring chicken. Oh, that's fine then. <laughs> Why are they getting having so many days off? <laughs> to be fair, they've lived a life. Yeah. They have lived. And also like playing I, I don't think I could do a three hour show. Nah. <laughs> without dying. Do you know how much cardio you need to do like an hour long show? Yeah. Like And Angus is going on the floor and all that. Yeah. Like doing the hop. Doing the hop, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Brian Johnson is probably the most unrecognizable famous person. Yeah, in the world. If we if you walk walk past me on the street, yeah, I wouldn't know. 
No. I just think it's some, some old guy. And then all of a sudden he's like, hello, <laughs> how is it going? <laughs> it's like, fucking hell. You sound like the guy from ACDC. <laughs> that must be great though. Just like, he can just go about his business. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably only like a certain demographic that'll recognize him. Yeah. Like super fans. Yeah. <laughs> just see him in fucking Aldi or something. <laughs> That's, cool. that's a good impression thanks man i like i used to do this feature on the radio where i like get people to guess the first three songs on the next day's show and if they did it i give them a shout out and i perfected an acdc impression by doing because i sung the clues so i'd like sing three three bands and every time i committed to the acdc impression and like there's a certain way you roll your voice that once you get used to doing it it's like okay cool like yeah. i couldn't do that for three hours but I can do it for a chorus. It's almost Elmo from Sesame Street. <laughs> it is. <laughs> There's a fine line between. Did you see Larry David kicking the shit out of Elmo on TV the other day? Nah. Yeah. What, what did he do? I just walked up and started beating up Elmo. Fair enough. Yeah. But he cuts to the curb music. Also, do you know how old um, Elmo is? Um. Well, the puppet. Yeah. Canon. Can canonically speaking. So when did they start? Probably like the eighties. Mm. So probably like my age. Mm. He's actually three and a half years old, Elmo, in Canon. Oh, in Canon. Yeah. So what? Even though he's been around since the eighties or the three 90s. and a half. It's like Bart Simpson, just doesn't age. Well, so Larry David beat up a three and a half year old? Yeah. Did like the puppet guy come out? <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking doing? Get off my child. He's three and a half years old. Yeah. <laughs> oh my days. Comment section has you says, yeah, ACDC Munich on Sunday, Nova Rock in Austria, Thursday to Sunday. That's going to be an insane run. Have you checked out the Nova Rock lineup? I don't think I I think I have, have but I don't remember. Joe, you know the Euro, the Eurofest this year, I've got some killer, <laughs> killer uh, lineups. I really want to go to um, Rock for People. <clears throat> in the Czech Republic. Mm. But I feel like the, a lot of the Euro ones have got a similar lineup. Oh, I hate it when festivals do this. Just give me the fucking poster. Why, if you're a festival? And why isn't it in English? <laughs> why, if you're a festival, would you just give me a list of bands? Give me your poster. Play. Oh! No what? one can see what you're doing, John. So you're That's all right, then. I'm just having a technological meltdown is that even 2024's lineup must be green day because they were just on the thing yeah oh. come on you, 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 we could see it there we go right here we go here we go bang there we are right so green day Billy Talent, Corey, Jane's Addiction, fucking Mudvayne. Hot Milk. Dogstar, yeah, Hot Milk. Silverstein. Glory Hammer's a great band. Yeah, so <clears throat> Rock for People. It must be quite a similar date. Mm. I've got a very similar lineup. No, wait, I have seen this lineup. But this is the same weekend. As Download. Yeah. I was getting this confused with a different festival. What was I getting this confused with? Hellfest. 
So what you got? Bring me Green Day Avenged. Do you, is it Manis, Maniskin? I don't know. I I say main skin. I've I assumed it's like mannequin. Uh, Maniskin. That. But correct me if I'm wrong. That does make sense. Yeah, I mean that's that's a ferocious day. To be fair, like Avril, Alice Cooper, Sun Forty One, Body Count with Ice T, Panther, Against the Current. Go on, um, Rock for People has got very similar similar uh, lineup, but. It has added Pendulum and The Prodigy. I don't know why I did that. There we go. Bang. Yeah. I really want to go to this. When is it? Oh, is that the same weekend as well? Fuck's sake. <laughs> Wait, when's download? Is that the same weekend that as That is download? the same weekend as download, yeah. Maybe I can go to like... Or, because this starts on a Wednesday, you could do Wednesday, Thursday at one of these and then nip over to download. That, Friday, I mean, look at the Friday, Wednesday. Saturday, that's a strong lineup. Yeah. Bad Omens, Chazza Tazza, Shikari... Bleed from Revin. Yeah. Alpha Wolf. Saturday's pretty gnarly as well. Offspring, Parkway, Body Count, Neck Deep, Death by Romy. Crystal Lake have got a lot of hype about them as well. I see a load of people talking about them. And then, yeah, Friday, Bring Me Some, Avril. Who's Dogstar? Seen them a couple of times. I don't know. Yeah. They're the big in Europe. That's a... <laughs> young Blood. That's a Blood. weird one, that is. Like, are Young Blood and Pendulum... On this. But I so what I like on this lineup is some forty one and pendulum from if you could if you can you read that writing some forty one's last festival show in whatever country they're in but the, yeah and then pendulum pendulum is a late night special late night special so I bet that's gonna be a fucking oh that's gonna be a rave although that's <laughs> I've just noticed that fucking Bombay Bicycle Club what a band they, yeah I, but I, I love that band. Oh, yeah, Bacovia playing as well. Oh, let's fucking go. Solence and Mint as well. Ithaca are good as well. Mm. European festivals would love to do some. It's just, why do you always have to clash with download? I guess it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Because the bands are in Europe. Yeah, very true. And I, like, I'm still standing by it. I feel like Avril Lavigne's going to play download, man. Well, like as a, well, they, oh, a special, like a secret. Yeah. Like they don't really do secret sets, do they? I know, and I miss it. I really do miss secret sets. But I was looking main stage on the Sunday for Download Festival has less bands than the rest of the weekend. It's like a band or two shy. So the main stage, yeah. So if you look at Download's main stage on the Sunday, in comparison, so Friday you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven bands. Sunday you got one, two, three, four, five, six. So there is space. Go on that Nova Rock lineup again. So Avril's playing on the Saturday. Yeah, and I want to say she was Friday at the other one. Yeah. And so let's have a look. Avril tour eights. Yeah, dyslexia and hand-eye coordination aren't my strong suit. Right, June. 14th, 15th, 16th is free. Just saying, just saying, just fucking saying. You heard it here first. Avril Lavigne is playing download on the Sunday. I've been saying this for fucking ages. I bet that'll get more hate than, than busted. Oh man. <laughs> Although she has to go Czech Republic and download, then Croatia the next day. Yeah, but that's doable, man. But, I mean, she's she's got hotels and planes, hasn't she? She ain't getting a bus. Nah. Well, yeah. Drive the gear over overnight. She gets a flight over, yeah. plays download, and then flies back to Europe for the rest of the Admiral's run. Admiral's doing the rounds in the Euro. 
Euro. That's what I mean, man. Like, all those countries. when does it start? Uh, it's America. So, Rock for People's the first one. Yeah. Oh, so, it's that weekend. She gets to the UK for. So, yeah, Rock, rock the People on the 14th. Nova Rock 15th. 16th is free for download. Man. Well. Now that I know, one sec, what's the pink pop lineup saying for 2024? We're just, now we're just. Now <laughs> we're just looking at festival lineups because why the fuck not? Oh, this, this is the stupidest laid out webs where's your lineup it's just rolling <laughs> where's your fucking lineup oh i hate your website no one can see what you're doing now though so <laughs> no i think they can i oh, know they can't oh, oh yeah they can. yeah you absolutely can right you can see me just having a meltdown trying to use the internet right Ooh, it's all in. oh it's always oh, in dutch as well that's not dutch yeah it is, is it yeah that, like, that that lettering is not dutch it's in the netherlands bro no but look at the writing at the top i've been to to Amsterdam. <laughs> That's definitely Dutch. That writing at the top. The, oh, that. The, the heading. Oh, I th sorry. I thought you were talking about like the words. All right. No, no that's, that looks Russian. Yeah. Um. Wow. This festival's mental. Mains get keen. Who wants to see keen at a festival? Uh, that, uh, I'm assuming it's a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> look, just look at this. Limp Biscuit. Who's the, uh, Sam Who booked this festival? It is. It makes more. It makes sense. Yeah. Other than Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Everything okay. there makes sense other than Biscuit. I mean, like that's a pretty strong day as well. Like Calvin Harris, nothing but thieves. Louis Tomlinson, Pendulum, and then Corey Taylor. Yeah. I want you to pronounce that artist's name right there. Did you Van Tegenverdig? And this episode started with Ollie doing his best accents, and this episode is going to end with Ollie doing one of his best accents. Master of languages. Yeah. Well, look at that. It's been a long show. It has indeed. Yeah. Like, thank you for sticking with us if you have. Yeah. Especially if you're listening on our podcasted version, which this show is available as as well. Yeah. You could have been listening to this in the future. Yeah. 10 years' time. Maybe. Yeah. And if you are listening right now and you're wondering what all of this looks like, head to the YouTube channel because you've got the visual element over there. And by the way, if you are listening on the podcast version, you want to find the full episodes of the live shows, you have to click on the live tab on YouTube. Why don't you just, can you not make a playlist on your main page, which has all the live? Oh, dude, that makes so much sense. I reckon you can just do that. Yeah, you could do that, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> I'm doing this almost a year now. Yeah. <laughs> probably put it at the top as well so if you just go and probably yeah yeah. yeah i need to sort my shit out jesus christ well my friends thank you ever so fucking much for joining us today thank you to today's guest the wonderful ryan potter from the hunter and no relation to harry yeah no relation to harry we will be back potentially next wednesday potentially next wednesday it might be wednesday instead of monday because there's a guest that i've been trying to get on the show for fucking ages and they could do wednesday this week but they only do wednesdays <laughs> it could only do wednesday this week well i, I was just like well if, if wednesday works next week let's do yeah. next wednesday because apparently monday's the issue for this person okay, like monday's yeah, a tough day yeah. for that's, them that's fine that's so fine. potentially we could be back next wednesday and there's potentially a double guest on that show could potentially be someone in a band it's all potential yeah so <laughs> The best thing to do is just to keep an eye on our socials, which is at J-O-N-M-A-H-O-N show and Forever Loud Net across all of them. Yeah, it is. But all that's left for me to say today, my friends, is my name's John Mahon. Peace and love. Stay alive. 
And I'm Molly Rout. Go fuck yourselves. Peace.